0: Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Morning Cup of Joe podcast. Uh, It's your boy Joe here, obviously. Um, And today I'm really excited to announce that we have a special guest. Tony O'Day is in the house, Uh, really solid dude. I see him in the gym all the time, real estate kind of guy, photographer. I mean, this guy's reputation kind of precedes him. So, uh, you know, Tony, you want to introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Tony Oda. I've been here for uh, 14 years. I uh, started my real estate career a couple of years ago, coming up on three years now. Um, opened up the restaurant with my parents. Um, as soon as they got situated, I moved on and started my real estate. Did my real estate and now I'm uh, real estate investing.
0: So uh, you said you moved to Elko 14 years ago, right? What, what, what happened there? Why why would you guys make the move?
1: I moved from uh, Bethlehem and um the reason why that is is because there wasn't any opportunities over there. Uh it's kind of ridiculous back there. It's um never in the news or anything like that. So a lot of people don't know how it's situated over there. Uh there's a wall all, you know, basically around of our whole town and the town isn't that big. You can get across town within 10 minutes. Um but uh, life is hard the Israel army and all that have control over everything over there so water only comes on maybe twice every two weeks or so so everybody has to make sure to fill up their tanks uh everything is really expensive from milk to vegetables to meat uh it's ridiculous
0: so do you like drive around is it like kind of like a poor country pretty rich or i mean what's it like
1: no it's pretty uh pretty poor actually Uh, A lot of tourists because uh, Bethlehem is, you know, where Jesus was born. So all the tourists come down to the churches to check out everything. Uh, So basically, it's a tourist town and uh, a lot of people own businesses. They have olive wood crafts. They have hotels. They have restaurants. Uh, Food down there is really good. Best food you'll ever have.
0: Damn. Okay. Well, um, I learned something about you in this podcast already. And uh, I'm super stoked to see what we talk about today. Let's get right into the actual podcast episode. So let's get right into the elephant in the room and talk a little bit about this uh, COVID-19, beer flu, Kung flu, whatever you want to call it. Tony, what do you think about all this?
1: Some crazy times we're living through. Um, Nobody even thought this would happen, right? Look, we're uh, behind a lot of things from government-wise to state-wise to county-wise. There's not enough money for everybody. Uh, All these loans government is trying to say they're working on are uh, a bust, pretty much. Uh, People are getting loans. People are not. Uh, So there is actually a ton of uh, things that are happening right now um, that you wouldn't think a uh, country is prepared for. So, Uh, I mean, right. Who's preparing for uh, a disease?
0: No, I mean, nobody. And this kind of did a little bit towards showing how unprepared we were. But the w- one thing that was crazy to me is, I mean, with the Internet, you hear a lot of like memes. You hear a lot of jokes. You see stuff like that. Um, I mean, look at the whole like storming Area 51. Nobody took that seriously. It's not a serious thing. It's just a meme. Right. And so you hear about all these businesses sh- shutting down. You hear about not being able to go to the gym, not being able to go anywhere except the grocery store and two restaurants with drive throughs. Right. And it sounds like a joke at first. And not only did it sound like a joke, but the amount of time, like it just didn't seem real. And then all of a sudden it, it took about a week to change. All these things happened within a week. So not only was it super overwhelming and uh, overwhelming of a change, but it happened super fast and really crept up on you. And at first, I mean, you, you just kind of hang in with it and do it, follow the guidelines. But I mean, it's been, it's been a month, month and a half now, right?
1: It, yeah. It's, it's been a while, uh, almost coming up on two months actually. Um, the thing is, it's unfair for some people to stay closed, right? Um, for instance, my parents own our restaurant, uh, Oda's Mediterranean restaurant, and here we are open, but, uh, you have the gyms and all that closed, so when some people are bringing in income, other people are not. Uh, it is harder for gyms to open, yes, um, with sanitizing, making sure everybody's sanitizing themselves, um. But there is fairness and unfairness, and it's uh, it was really unfair for people to be closed down while other businesses are opened. Uh, look at, for instance, Walmart and Home Depot. Uh, Walmart has clothing section, electronics open, but Marshalls and Cro- and Ross were closed, and they're clothing, right? So why why Walmart gets to stay open and these guys don't? What they should have done is closed off these sections. They should have closed off the clothing section, closed off electronics. That way it's a it's a fair game. The only way people go to Walmart is to get groceries. I mean, people got their stimulus checks and you go to Walmart and you see four TVs in people's carts. I mean, that's crazy. They, I mean, this money was given to the people to help with rent, groceries, and all that. And now we got to a point where people have to open and need a job because they don't have money anymore.
0: So... Everybody got the stimulus check. And if you look at just the stupid spending that happened, it was ridiculous. And then you look at all the sales at Walmart and everything, ridiculous. Like they use that as like a marketing ploy. And what I'll say is what I don't get, what I hate about this whole situation is how is Walmart and Raley's and Smith's not to hate on them, but you can have like hundreds of people in there at a time. You've got like so many people packed in there, lines are huge, not a lot of registers open, everybody's in close quarters, you're walking down the hallway or the aisles together, and you've got this mom and pop shop that does some really quality, wholesome work, and they've got less than ten people in there at one time. Everybody's spaced out pretty exactly. good. How come they're not able to be open, but all these bigger companies are? Like what does Corona not travel in Walmart?
1: Um I honestly think that we were just not ready for it. Nobody was prepared for these kind of things. Uh, nobody prepares for a pandemic like this. Everybody, I would feel like that we're so much into technology where these things shouldn't be happening, but yet here they are happening, right? Um, it's actually proven that uh, America and the USA, I mean, the USA is 100 years behind on technology where they should be.
0: So here's what I think with all this is what I hate is how fast the government came up with a plan of attack. Right, we're gonna shut all this stuff. We're gonna do all this. We're gonna flatten the curb, every er, curve, uh, not curb, everything like that. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah, we'll shut down our businesses. We'll comply. You know, we'll stay home. We'll quarantine. Well, are you gonna help with rent? Are you gonna help us survive? Are you gonna help give us food? Oh no, we're just you know follow our directions, and you know now people are facing homelessness. Um, and like what the government's kind of doing or what people around here are doing is they're doing like um, forgiving loans and stuff like that. And they're talking about how if you can't, if you don't have a job and you can't make rent and everything like that, you're fine. Like electricity bills, if you, even if they're not getting paid, they're not turning electricity off. But what they're saying is they're going to pay it off, right? Like uh, whenever this is over. So say it lasts a month. And then that second month, now you have two electricity bills you got to pay. People barely make it by. You know, like, check to check. They're they're scraping by with one check, and now you're telling me you're going to take that check away, and then all of a sudden now we get out of this, and they're going to be able to pay off two rent payments? It it just doesn't make any sense to me. So the government um, does all this stuff in the way of preparing people to shut down and stuff so that we may or may not get sick, right? It's not a guarantee. Um, And all for what? I think it was was a little pre... um, I think it was done a little too soon because, I mean... They, they did a very big one-size-fits-all. I think what would have been better is if they would have done that for the bigger cities, right, for yeah. the time being. Yes. And then the medium-sized cities kind of had a different uh, plan of attack, right? Um, this this population to this population, maybe like 100,000 people to 10,000 people, 10,000 people to 1,000 people, right? Exactly. That kind of stuff. Because um, in Elko, uh, I'll even ask you, whoever's listening, how many people do you personally know that have the coronavirus? How many people do these... Do these Big like stores or these big franchises. How many of them have coronavirus, right? Because if one person got coronavirus at Walmart, they would all have to be tested and screened. And it's just, I I feel like it it was too soon.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a lot different. It wasn't um, prepared correctly, right? Like you said, uh, Elko, for instance. We don't have that big of a population, so I feel like it's a lot easier for us to. Be careful and stay sanitized that nobody is able to get sick. Um, <clears throat> when you have a state with so much population in there or a city with so much population, it's kind of harder to control all these people. Because um, <clears throat> once you tell people to do something, a lot of them won't listen, right? Um A lot of us want to follow the Constitution, which is, that's why it's there, it's for us to follow. Um, But the government right now was not going off of that, so there's a lot of pretty pissed off people. And when that starts to happen, that's when you start to have uh, riots. When you start to have riots, that's when things will get worse. Um, So we're actually very lucky for having a small population here in Elko because everybody is sanitizing. Um, which is good because if nobody was sanitizing and you're going to Walmart, yeah, there's going to be COVID there. I mean, they're not even wiping down their credit card machines. I went into Walmart, the workers are wearing gloves and whatnot, but what about the customers? Um, and not, I mean, I was in line with four people in front of me and I don't even think one time they wiped down the credit card machine where well, you're pressing numbers, not even wiped down the screens. Uh, maybe they are wiping them down and I didn't see, but... I switched off with four people in front of me and nothing was wiped down. So, I mean, what are the odds of me getting the COVID now? It's high. But what's good is people are actually being careful. The message is being brought out to people here in Elko. So, if if a lot of people weren't being careful, then it would have spread far. uh, far. For instance, like Winnemucca. Um, They're having a lot of cases over there.
0: See, I don't think it's as big of a problem as everybody's making out to be. You know, you have all these sicknesses. I mean, remember swine flu. Remember Ebola. Remember all that dumb stuff. That the, I mean, everything like that. This is kind of like a variation of that. And what I don't like is how much mon- how much stuff is mandated, right? I mean, I think what it should be is you know, shop at your own risk, gym yes. at your own risk. You know, if a if a business deems necessary to shut down, right? If 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 empower here the gym right if they chose to shut down that's one thing but i think they should have like waivers in the front like if you work out here you could possibly get this virus
1: yeah and i and i think that's what they have on there is you know uh when you go into the gym you sign a waiver um making sure that you're okay with going in here when all this is going on
0: well the Um, thing is there's all i mean during the beginning of this and everything else Everybody was mandated to shut down. Yes. And yes. Elko, speci- or not Elko, but Nevada specifically, we're very late to phase one. Everybody's been doing phase one a lot sooner than we have. Um, the, the governor here has been making everything like ridiculous with this, been dragging his feet on it. Not only that, but he doesn't really care about the businesses that are being affected. He has yes. no sympathy, and all he all he's worried about is anything that drives commerce in Nevada. And exactly. it's just... It, it, it's ridiculous, especially because so many people are suffering.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's cool is me being a business owner. So I know that uh, some of the stuff we got choices from and we were able to choose to open partially or stay closed. Um, and that is actually a very good idea. They should have done that to everybody in the beginning. Hey, if you are to open, you need to follow guidelines. Uh, the guidelines are hard to follow uh for instance on some things i mean look at hair salons right you can't stay 6 feet away from people or even restaurants when you serve them food you can't be 6 feet away from people um when you're at the restaurant just throw
0: the food like a frisbee
1: <laughs> <laughs> when you're at the restaurant people like talking to you especially if the owner is at the restaurant right they start conversations with you they want to know about you uh and that's kind of hard to do with uh with the 6 feet rule Where you're trying to talk with somebody with a freaking mask on you know that's uh it's crazy But what should have happened was all the businesses should have stayed open. And if you feel comfortable with going out to that business and staying in that business, then that's your choice. And if you don't like to, if you don't want to, then stay home. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, they should have uh, gave it, you know, what they did. It seems like that they didn't have trust in uh, uh, humans, right? They didn't have trust in people. Or
0: at least get to the, get, I don't want to talk about this too about, much longer. I guess is yeah, true. I don't want to talk about this too much longer. But even if you had like a general census with your, you know, employees and just saw what w- would happen, or if you had, you know, sometimes like you'll see Marshalls or Ross or like places like that, they'll do seasonal work, right? There's a lot of people who need jobs right now. And if they would have done seasonal work for like movie theaters and stuff, and then, you know, did what they had to do for the employees that didn't want to come into work because they didn't feel safe. You know, at least you're open. At least the economy doesn't just come to a pause, a halt, because then guess what's going to happen? The demand for things is going high, like the price of pajamas, the price of masks, the price of all this stuff just shoots up, right? Until all this is over. And then all those businesses that are thriving right now, When there's no more demand for that, it's gonna plummet, and then the same thing for everything else. Like then there's gonna be a demand for you know whatever else after this is over, and the price for that's gonna shoot up, and everything's gonna shoot down. And so it's just it's it's like uh, it kind of reminds me like you hear about uh, the Great Depression. It reminds me kind of like a precursor to that almost.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's just that we uh, a lot of people didn't get the choice, right? They didn't get to stay closed or open. They had to remain closed. And that pissed off a lot of people because a lot of people here need to make money, right?
0: Well, I mean, Um, we all suffered for that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, no matter who you are, you suffered from jobs to businesses. I mean, we're thankful here the mines are still open. If the mines were to close down, I mean, Elko would not be Elko no more. Yeah. I mean, we'll be screwed. Um, So it's actually really good that the mine stayed open and they're still paying people. But a lot of the lower class people in Elko are out of a job. Uh, I was looking through my social media the other day and I literally see in every other post is somebody posting about who's hiring. Um, and that's because it's, that's how it works. When stuff like this happens, nobody has money to pay people, yeah. right? And uh, the government is issuing PPP, which is the Payment Protection, uh, um, the Paycheck Protection Program. But there's so many flaws. Uh, people don't know if they have to ba- pay it back. Uh, one week they the government says yes, you don't have to. One week they say no, you don't. So there's just a lot of. Uh, different things going on. And uh, it sucks because a lot of a lot of people are not being helped like how they should be.
0: Well, not only that, but now you have millions of people that need all these protection things. And I mean, you look at unemployment, there's no incentive to go back to work at this point because what they started doing is they started doing employment, unemployment and adding a thousand dollars to that to help people out. Yeah, and so now yeah. people are making more on unemployment than they do in their jobs. And so they don't want to go back to work. Yeah, and exactly. not only that, but I mean, And I think we're focusing on a lot of bad things. Uh, I want to wrap up with one more thing, like a bad thing, uh, and just kind of how I was personally affected. I was actually getting my photography business I was my videography business uh, up and going. Tony's got his business going, his real estate. He's been doing his thing. And I think you do some photo shooting on the side, right?
1: I do, yeah. I do some uh, real estate photography if people need it. And I also do uh, portraits and regular photography of people. So
0: Yeah, and so you know how hard it is to get into the market here. You know how hard it is to get set up. And so I was literally in the midst of shoots for two companies and I had a third company, uh, on, the, on the fence, you know, uh, I was talking with somebody there and then I had about four or five clients for really cheap portraits or family photos and stuff like that. And then I was basically what I was going to do is that I had plans to move to North Carolina, uh, to get out of here pretty soon and to, uh, you know, go to school and all that changed because school's a nightmare right now. Um, traveling's a nightmare right now and it, it's going to take a while for that to recover. But anyway, I digress. All those, all those shoots got canceled. All that money I was planning to save up into that and to invest into my business and the whole startup process of my business mm-hmm. got flattened and yeah. I went from thinking about how much I could get ahead to now I'm, I'm just scraping by. Uh, exactly. And it, it's just been, you know, we've been all affected and it's, it's just been ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it sucks. We're, uh, you know, riding the wave, as you would say. Yeah. Um, there's we do have control over some things and there's some things that we don't have control of um, so it's just uh, it's up in the air and uh, we're just riding the wave waiting to see what happens uh, a lot of businesses are open already so uh, yeah. hopefully uh, everybody's staying safe out there uh, sanitizing everything being careful and uh, just have to go on with it
0: I mean, hopefully we're on the way back up. I yeah. think that's where we're at. And I will say that there is a lot of benefits to it. A lot yeah. of people have had time to chase things they haven't been able to do uh, mm-hmm. or haven't had the time to do in a long time. Yeah. A lot of people are getting back into fitness. Like you see on Instagram, all these home workouts started taking over. Instagram, yeah, people are going on walks, people everybody's are doing this. Adapting. Yeah.
1: That's And everybody's adapting is, is a good thing because – Adaptation is is really hard for people to see. Um, a lot of people don't like change, so adaptation to them is really hard. Um, but and I think that's what needs to be ha- what needs to happen here. We have to adapt to these conditions because these conditions are still going to be here the next year until there is a vaccine, right? So we need to adapt to uh, what we have to do the rest of the year. And it has to start earlier than later. And uh, it's a good thing that uh, Elko has already started that. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of people wearing masks at the store, uh, people wearing gloves. I mean, you hear somebody cough and you look behind your shoulder and make sure like, were they close to you? Or were they not close to you? It's just crazy times right now.
0: Yeah. And I will get we'll lead into the next subject right now by talking about um, something that a lot of people I think should be doing. And now is. A better time than ever to start chasing a passion a lot of people have a lot of things they like to do right and i've uh, i mean people they might be into woodworking or photography or making music or i mean any number of things right and now's the time to get on that when you're not able to work you know start figuring out ways you can be one percent better um and just be better be a better person uh at the end of this day than you were at the start of you know or the end of yesterday's day right
1: yeah save your money hold, hold your cash
0: I mean, do what you can there. It's hard because there's not much coming in. But at the very least, build skills in a monetizable passion, right? So if you, if you make music or a sound engineer or something like that, build those skills, right? Because those take time. Uh, being a photographer, anything like that, anything technical like that, it can take years yeah. to master. So work on that now. And then guess what? When, when this is all over, you might have a side hustle, right? And even, I mean, get into that entrepreneurial spirit. Let's talk about a little bit of uh, millennial success. If you build that uh, passion up enough, right? To where you're, you're decent at it. You're proficient at it. You can start making a little bit of money on top of the thing you do for a job after all this is over until you get good enough. And you can, I mean, if you start saving up and you start learning about business and you start learning how to be the best at that craft, You can you can start like I said. You can start getting into your business. You can start turning that into a full time living. You can start you know really chasing that millennial success.
1: Yeah, uh, and this is the perfect time for millennials to be successful uh, to start your journey of on being successful. Um, A lot of us out there are not educated correctly with uh, credit with your uh credit history your debt to income Uh, i mean i tell people hey what's your debt to income they don't know what that is um so you have to explain that to them and that's not right um the reason why that is is because coming out of high school or even in high school we were never taught anything like this uh i know this year there's some teachers implementing that into their uh, classes teaching people about stocks about credit cards which is good so our age people our age um you know, the 1990 class, uh, it was hard for us. We, we weren't taught anything, right? We just go to school, get our work done, go home. Um, so I think this is the time to do so right now. You're getting some extra cash on the side from the government. Save up that cash. There's no reason to go buy a new truck just because they're giving you three months for free and 84 with no interest, right? They want you to go spend your money. Um, they call it stimulus check Is that way you go stimulate the economy. They want you to use that money so the economy goes back up, right? But why go spend your money when you can save it? You can turn that twelve hundred, you can double that within a couple of months of doing something, right? Um, so there's a lot of a lot of things that millennials can do nowadays to save up money, but it's it's kind of hard when you see it all over the place. Um, you know, you have. Guys, who so are 23, 22-year-old driving $70,000 trucks when they're only making $60,000 uh, a year, right? As soon, uh, this is a proven fact, um, as soon as people see money in their bank accounts, that money will be spent. There, As soon as you see money, you'll say, all right, it's only 100 bucks. it's okay, uh, it's only 100 Next thing you know, you're down 500 from spending stuff, from doing that same exact process, saying, oh, that's fine, I'm getting paid next week and whatnot. You know, we shouldn't be doing all that stuff. You don't need a $70,000 truck. Wait 10 years till you, till you get your dream truck, right?
0: Well, here's the thing, too. You work real estate and you see a lot of, like, young couples working at the mines right out of high school. Yes, and they yes. they buy a house, they buy this huge <clears throat> truck, and they do all this stuff because they're making five $6,000 a month. Yes. And, you know, they talk about how they need more money because, or, or, or they need – basically – um, the trap I see people fall into is they're at their baseline right now and they, they want to make more money, right, so they can pay off their debts and do all this stuff. Well, they make more money and the first thing they do is spend more money. And so they're right back to square one. And, exactly. I mean, five to $6,000 a month, that is a lot, right? I exactly. mean, $10,000 a month for a business, you know, can be really good. And you got somebody making that and they're just solo. They're not paying, like, yeah. taxes on it. They're yeah. not doing – they're paying for electricity, anything like that. And so that's why, I mean, more people – my age are more worried about looking cool and l- like looking exactly. like they live a lavish exactly. style than actually doing so, right? <laughs> exactly. They take that money, travel, learn a skill, do something. But the, the worst part is a lot of people my age turn to drinking, and I kind of wanted to address this before we go any farther. But I mean, these people, you see, they're making it on, on five to $6,000 paychecks doing all this overtime, making all this however much an hour. They do all this and they're still living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. And then what happens is, I've seen probably four or five guys working at the mines. They get DUIs, right? Then they can't drive that truck or they get DUIs and then they escalate into alcoholism to the point where they lose their job. And then all of a sudden they're in this this huge house. They're in this nice truck. They can't make the payments. They both get repossessed or they they get repossessed, uh, the truck does, and then the house gets foreclosed on them. And then their life just gets into the shit or they move back in with mom and dad and they go from like this Instagram flex to now they disappear off the face of the earth for the next couple of years.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you see people post stuff. Um, social media is just people showing off what it's a highlight reel is what it, it is. All, that's it. And once you get to see that person in real life, um, they're a whole different person. Um, you know, the reason I went into this real estate stuff, my whole goal was to work with millennials um, to help them buy houses. And something that I ran into is all these millennials that come in are not qualified. Um, they have low credit scores. They don't have a savings account. All they know is they make $80,000 a year. But they're spending each – every. I mean every paycheck they get every month is spent. They only have $0 left in that paycheck. And that means you have a high debt to income. Um, that's not a very good life to live. Um, and those type of people are are the people who are really suffering from what's happening right now. Is because they don't have a savings account. Um, <coughs> so, I and I think the reason why that is is because we weren't really educated, like I said before, um, and. I started to focus on telling people how to build up their credit scores and how to do this and that. Um, Because I really like seeing people being successful in their early age. Uh, It just makes me happy.
0: So for me, what I think we should recap is the key for, I mean, for people right now, do what you can. You know, learn that skill. Obviously, you can't, you can't like grow your savings account as much as you want right now. Obviously, get. I mean, if, if you can invest and get into investments, now would be a good time. I mean, I'm, I'm personally not in a spot where, you know, yeah. I feel comfortable doing that yet because I, I still have some things to do. But I mean, do what you can. If you are in that spot and you are, uh, What if you are blessed enough to be in that spot, take advantage of it. And if you're not, build a side hustle, right? If you have to to teach underwater basket weaving classes to 60-year-old women at the Highland Manor after this is all done just to make ends meet, then be the best underwater basket weaver you can possibly be. I think one one another um, pitfall of small towns is, you know, there's obviously not a huge photography uh, footprint. There's not a huge creative footprint. There's not a huge, I mean... Everything here is technical skills, minds, or business franchises. You yeah. get hotels, you get stuff like that. And so nobody thinks out of the box. And so what I've noticed from people here is they don't want to be great photographers. They don't want to be great musicians. They don't want to be you know anything better than just okay. They get to a point, and they're like, all right, cool. I'm good enough here. That, that's, that's all I need to do. Yeah. And then they get into another market and you'll get like a musician from here that goes to Boise or goes to, you know, another state or New York city. And they just, they just drown because that person has been putting in work all this time while they've just been standing still.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, there's a lot of potential here. Um, but as soon as people go up to the mines and see that kind of pay they're getting, they're stuck right? I mean, if you see $80,000 a year come into your account, you're making $6,000 a month. Who isn't going to like that, right? $6,000 is a lot of money.
0: Especially Uh, when you're 20.
1: Exactly. When you're 20, 22, I mean, you never see that kind of money. So as soon as you see that kind of money, all these ideas pop in your head. Oh, I need to go buy this. I need to go buy that. Now I need to have this and that. But I think that's the wrong way of thinking about it. Um,
0: you give in to these primitive instincts, the, uh, yeah. what is that? the immediate gratification yeah, kind exactly. of thing. Exactly.
1: I mean, look, for instance, uh, look at the deal they're having on cars right now. Like I said, they're giving you three months of forbearance, so you don't have to pay a monthly payment for three months. And you can finance it for at uh, 0% interest for 84 months. I mean, they want you to go spend your 70K, right? Uh, they want you to do that because they know you have the money. But it's your choice to say, no, I'm not going to buy something that expensive. Let me buy something that's 30000 Let it help me for about 10 years. And then once I have more money saved up to where I don't have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck, then I'll buy that big truck. Or,
0: or even, even
1: boat or jet ski. I mean, why do you need a $35,000 boat for? I mean, I know you want to go show off, take a bunch of girls out to the lake. You don't want to go skiing or whatnot. But I mean, come on, you can wait a couple of years to do that. You don't have to do it right off of coming off of high school because you have an $80,000 per year job. Take advantage of what you do
0: have, right? If you don't have a car payment right now because you're using your first car, it might be a junker, but you know what? Pretend you bought that new car, take that $300 a month, put it in a savings account, and then worst case scenario, you've got a pretty fat you know, down payment for that new car or you know, for a fact that even if you lose your job or even if stuff goes wrong like this, you've got that nest egg, and say you save up, you know, twelve hundred dollars. That's four months that you don't have to make that, that you can make a car payment without having a job. Yeah, you know, be smart about it yeah, and get something reasonable. You don't need that thirty-five thousand dollar boat. They're, they're, we're not in the ocean. We're in landlocked Nevada. There's one lake. You're. I mean, if you work at the mines, you have you know half the month potential. Let's say you have. Uh, you're going to use that stuff a week out of the month. Maybe if you're using that boat every day uh, yeah, that I you mean, possibly no, can. You're,
1: you're using it maybe three months of the whole year in Elko. Maybe. Right? Because yeah, I mean, you gotta think,
0: you've got winter, you're working. So winter cuts off half the year. You're working half the year. So that cuts off the other. So you got a quarter of the year. You're not going to spend all that time at the lake. And so make smart, sound investments. You know, you can always get a boat later or maybe, you know, find a buddy and go half in with on a boat or buy something used or just be reasonable with how you're living and make sure it aligns with what you want. If if all you want is a boat out of life and that's all you care about, by all means. But if you want something greater or you want to in- increase your income bracket, then make these smart choices now. While I mean, before it's too late. I hear people all the time talking about how I wish I did this, I wish I did that exactly. ten years ago, right? Because right now, ten years sounds like a lot but it's going to fly by and if, if you do it right now you will be glad you did
1: yeah it's um it, the thing people can save money right people are capable of doing that if if your kid needs to go to the hospital for some reason you will save money you tell i mean you tell your significant other hey we can't buy this right now or this we don't need it we need to save money for the kid he's getting a surgery right you're capable of doing that so why not do that all the time why not do that to benefit yourself rather than making people impressed of you, right? They're, they'll be impressed of you once they see you at 45. You're almost retired. You have a nice boat at 45 years old. You have a savings account, right? All it takes is time. Um, and
0: that, or you're just able to do whatever the fuck you want when you want to. Yeah. Or you yeah, own I mean, something.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, no matter, uh, they say money uh, brings you anything you want. Yes, it does. But sometimes you have to wait for those things to happen, right? Like for instance, um, I, I wanted a boat, right? But I didn't want to spend too much money. I have, I do real estate investing. So I want to spend that money on my, uh, investing properties. So I went to Copart, bought a boat for like 800 bucks, fixed it up and now it's good to go. I mean, just easy as that. Right, I mean, I don't know if you guys know what corporate is. I would call that it's easy. Uh, <laughs> it's title insurance. Uh, what happens is these boats and jet skis go to um, the lots because of damages that's happened to them. So their insurance claims, and they bid on them. So I bid on one for eight hundred bucks, fixed it up, and now it's worth about seven grand, eight grand. So instead of me going paying eight grand, I just paid eight hundred bucks, fixed it myself. Just took a little bit of time out of my day just to do that, and went with that. And and all I'm saying through this is. It's easy to save your money. You just have to tell yourself, yes, I want to do that. Um, you know, a lot of people tell themselves, hey, we have to do something every weekend, right? So next thing you know, you're spending $300 every weekend. That's four weekends in a month, all right? That's $1,200 every month that you're spending just for uh beer. Entertainment. Yeah, entertainment. Beer, uh, meat, charcoal, everything. Gas that you need to go up there for. And guess what? People invite a lot of people up there, right? So you have to pay. You have to get. You have to get more stuff for the people that are with you, and that's just. You know, I think that's how um, we see it. That's how people see it. Sometimes is um, we always have to make somebody happy. Like we always have to show off our things. And yes, it's good once in a while. It makes you feel good once you've accomplished something or once you've bought something. But uh, that thing either can wait a couple of years or, you know, if you, I guess you want to buy it, then risk yourself of having low credit. And once it's time to buy a house for your wife, you have no credit score to buy a house.
0: Uh, so here's, here's my take on that, right? Find wholesome things to do to improve yourself that you can do on the weekend, right? It's free, I mean, okay, maybe not free, you pay for a little bit of gas, but to go hiking or to go running or to do something on the weekend, go do a photo shoot, get your phone, go on a date, do, I mean, you don't have to be spending big dollars, right? That's why you, 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 uh, you budget, right? Give yourself a little bit to go out and have fun with maybe enough to go to a restaurant once every couple weeks or enough to just go adventure. Like, like be more imaginative with your time because everybody views money as this invaluable resource, right? Yes, yeah, so you have to but, sacrifice something. Well, I mean, you can always get money, like from here to the day you die, there will always be ways to make money, right? But time is the invaluable resource. So you take that time, you utilize that time to the best of your ability cuz you're not getting any younger. You're not getting that time back. And you know, money comes and goes, time only goes. So just be smart with how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you live your life, and do the things that you know. Right? Sacrifice now so you can live greater later. Right? So, like all these people buy all these nice cars and boats and stuff and to to show off for people. But why? They don't feed you. <laughs> they don't provide for you or your family. Their happiness comes and goes, and it's it's like
1: oh, oh and don't forget you probably talk. They're talking about your back to somebody else.
0: Well, I mean, not only that, but I don't know why, like like, like, at the end of the day, you don't have to live with them and their opinions, right? You have to live with yourself. You have to learn how to be able to look in the mirror every day and to be able to like what looks back at you, right? Otherwise you're going to live a pretty miserable existence. You can't please everybody. Everybody's too focused on that. Like the real people that should be in your life, you know, they'll be in your life no matter what. Just as long as you you work on yourself, you're a good person, you do the things you know you should be doing, the people that should be in your life will find their way into your life. Because sometimes a person's a good person, right? But not necessarily good for you. And I think people need to realize that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, that weekend where you're planning to go out somewhere and spend so much money, just sacrifice it to go work overtime, right? A a lot of people here don't work overtime. I believe it's about 10, 15% of people at the mines work overtime. Uh, You make so much more money over time, but people have something else on their heads. They want to go have fun with their friends, right? Sometimes we can't go have fun this weekend. You have to convince yourself, hey, I need to do something else to better myself rather than go have some with people. Have fun with people, and that's okay. You're an adult. People can understand why you're not going to go spend time with them because you have something important to do that's going to benefit you rather than get sit in a lake or in a boat and get drunk. I mean, it is fun, right? It is fun to do that. Yes, do it here once in a while. Um, I mean, do it every weekend if you're already situated and have just money, right? You just have to be really smart about it. Um, and... I think that's a lot of, uh, uh, millennials here in Elko specifically are really, as soon as they see that paycheck hit their accounts, um, it's usually gone very fast. Uh, you know, I've had a couple of people who are qualified to buy a home at this age and it's amazing. Uh, I wish everybody was like that. And, uh, it's my goal to help people to reach that point. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's just one of my goals.
0: So, one thing I notice is every time I talk to a business owner or anytime I talk to somebody that is starting to reach a level of success that other people start wondering, like, like you, you get these people, they start reaching success, right? Like you don't hear from them for a year, two, four, five, ten 10 years, whatever. And then all of a sudden you look at them and you're like, man, how the hell did they get there? Right. Or, or you don't see the day-to-day work they're putting in. You don't really think about them, but then you see they might purchase like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call one of my friends out. Uh, his name is Capri, he owns Teriyaki Madness. His family's very successful. They have... What do they have? They have Teriyaki Madness. They've got Little Caesar's. Caesars. They've got this local discount store. Our they, store. Our, yeah, our yeah, store. Yeah, and so they... uh they save all their money they're they're living well below their means and the capri right he has a motorcycle he has a tesla he has you know some toys but he will save up and he'll buy those things cash he doesn't let himself have a payment and not only that he's not buying all he's not spending all his cash on that just a fraction of that cash just kind of one of those uh like achievement trophies every once in a while. I was like, all right, I'm a splurge after I've been working 12 hour days, seven days a week for, you know, the last year after I spent all this time opening and running this business. And now he owns territory madness. It's not just that he owns it and he pays employees to run it for him. I see him in there.
1: Yeah. He's, he's cooking all
0: he the time. He's, he's doing everything. He'll do dishes. He does everything. He's a good leader. He leads by example. And I was asking him some advice earlier. And, um, before I get into the advice, I'll see him go to the gym. He'll still go to the gym. But he'll be like, oh, I've only got 45 minutes of my day to work out. You know, that's how I balance my work day with, with the gym. He's wearing the same non-slip shoes that he's wearing cooking um, in the gym. And he's he he just goes as hard as he can for 45 minutes and he gets back to work. He takes yeah. that little break.
1: Yeah, he, he worked up to that, right? He worked up to where he needs to be and he's capable of doing these things. But a lot of people, yes, they're capable of doing these things. But you're missing that one step where you're going to be living miserable, right? What if an emergency happens and you're living t- paycheck to paycheck? You're screwed, right? What if you need $7,000 and you don't have it? What's going to happen then? You're screwed.
0: Well, I mean, think about it, right? Like everybody thinks they can't save money, but it's always funny. Like, so easy. Well, I mean, if your camera breaks or or, or, or something like that, or, or if something small breaks, you're like, man, I don't have the money. I can't fix it, right? I guarantee you, if you blow the tire on your car, or if you break your phone in half, you, you'll find the two to four thousand dollars to fix that. You'll find it. You'll find it somewhere, right? And so, if you if you just treat saving like that you'll be successful. You'll get the things you want. And people are going to look at you one day and go, how the hell did he do that? But exactly. I wanted I wanted to talk to about a piece of advice Capri gave me. I was asking him, like, hey, man, I want to get my business started. I want to get some stuff going. I want to do this. And the thing he told me that still sticks with me, right? Because I was asking, and he told me he's been playing with stocks. He's been putting a certain amount of money in. He's been doing this. And I'm like, how'd you get to this point? And what can I do to start my business and to get to the point you're at? Stuff like that. I asked him kind of like that generic stuff. And uh, he told me he's like bro, get two, get three jobs, go work. And I'm like, oh, you find find a job for $10 an hour, right? Or 12 or he's like, no, go find a minimum wage job. It doesn't matter. Just find any job you can get. Go to the uh, manager, the hiring manager and tell them you can do the work of two or three employees, right? For $8 an hour for what, whatever minimum wage is, right? And then once you get that job, prove that you can do the job of two or three people. And guess what? If you show that company that they can get rid of their two worst employees and you'll replace them, now you can bump up to $16 an hour as soon as you add that value to that company for an extended period of time. You know, Um, As soon as you show that you're reliable, as soon as you show you're consistent, as soon as you show all these things, right? And if you're doing this with three different companies, that shit sucks. The hours are long and there's not really an end in sight. But you start doing that and you put all that money you can away, I mean... You don't need all this free time, right? Even if you're doing two jobs and you're putting as much money as you possibly can away every month, guess what? Right now it sucks and it's going to suck, but it's like weight loss. As soon as you see that progress, you get hungrier and hungrier. It gets easier and easier. And then guess what's going to happen? Like you're going to start living the way you want to live, right? And I mean, even if whatever your goal is, right, if you have a business, um, selling things, you need $10,000 for the venue um, and everything included, then you work those two jobs. So you get that $10,000, you quit that one job, right? And then you start your business and you keep that other job, you sustain yourself. And that becomes a side hustle, right? And this is coming from one of the hardest working people I know. Do, do what you can. Workers, I mean, I, I know so many people that view all these like uh, jobs as beneath them right? Or they view these jobs as, you know, oh, if I'm working at Burger King, I'm not going to give a shit about it, you know? Why don't you be the guy that works at Burger King? Be the, You know, you're always going to be known for something. So be that guy that No matter what the situation is, no matter what card is in your hand, no matter what happens, you are the guy to go to if you need someone to work hard, if you need somebody to add value, if you need somebody to do this. Be that guy, even if it's in Burger King, right? Because yeah, sure. Maybe a couple people laugh at you because you work in Burger King for the next year, right? But then if you work from an employee to manager at Burger King, guess what? The more the more of an essential asset you become to a company, right? The more companies are going to need that essential asset and the more opportunities are going to rise for you, right? If you're a manager at Burger King and you're worth a damn, well, guess what? Now you can go be an employee somewhere else is paying more. If, if not even management and you just level up, you know, you can you, 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 build these opportunities for yourself. You wait for these opportunities and you, you take them, you know, and you just level up, um, Every, every so often.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of potential. It's just telling yourself, hey, I'm going to take this opportunity and do it rather than um, being lazy and doing something else. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to do. Uh, it's hard to tell yourself something that you haven't done for a while. Um, and that's when the that adaptive instinct comes in. And um, that's something that just has to be worked on.
0: Well, I'll ask you this, you know, real estate, that's a big thing to get into. You've got to do schooling for it to get your license. Uh, I mean, anytime, especially you invest in real estate, houses aren't cheap, you know, you can, I mean, 200,000, $250,000 a house, um, unless you're flipping them, you can get like, you know, lower, lower houses, but that's still over, you know, six figures for a house, even if you're flipping it and, and flipping it, that's a risk like that buying that boat. Maybe that boat can be repaired. Maybe it can't.
1: Yeah, Exactly yeah exactly. Uh, I don't know what was wrong with that boat, right? I took it just because it was cheap, and I'm going to try to fix it myself. Um, uh, real estate, for instance, it's yeah, it's like how' did you get
0: started? like like,
1: So when uh, I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger, coming out of high school, and um, my uncle was the broker for Century 21, which is the agency I'm working for right now, and he passed away due to cancer. When he was in his last stages, I was the one that would sometimes take him to his office. Um, It was hard for him to ride a vehicle and whatnot, you know, to drive. Um, So I would take him over there and I would spend some time with him. And I liked the process. So that's when I uh, switched over to real estate and uh, when I started, like I said, my whole goal was to work with millennials but uh, that didn't happen so I had to adjust everything and uh, get as many clients as I can. You have to do advertising, there's a bunch of stuff you have to go do, you have to go out to the community, you have to go talk to people, Um, there's just so much stuff. Um, and you know, those people will tell their friends about you of how well you have done and you know, you grow slowly and surely. Uh, I'm coming up on my three years right now and I'm still, uh, it's finally starting to pick up. I mean, my first two years weren't that good. Um, so once I came up to my second year, I started working on to real estate investing. I wanted to, I put a goal to myself and that goal was to have 30 units by the time I'm 30 years old. Um, uh, so I purchased my first fourplex uh, through a estate sale um, on South Fifth Street. It's a big yellow building that had TV antennas on there. I'm pretty sure people see it when they drive by. Um, it's a huge house, but it's actually like four units in there. I've um, seen that that house. Yeah, it's all it's the huge. time. But, uh, and then
0: I found out you owned it, and then I saw like what <laughs> you started doing with it, oh, uh, y- yeah, y- you, it, you do a lot. It was
1: transformed, um, and I did the work myself because I didn't want to pay people to do it. Um, so I was the one that's working hard with it, um, and it just went up from there. As soon as I finished that fourplex, I went up to the next house. I saved up a little bit more money and bought a house out in Spring Creek, and I'm actually thinking of doing a video of that soon, of uh, before and after, how much it cost me and all that. Uh, I think that'll be really good to do. Uh, It might motivate some people to do what I'm doing. Uh, So after I bought that second house, I bought another one. That one
0: one was trash, right? Is that the one you sent me pictures of? Somebody just left it, let it get foreclosed, and there was like two feet worth of garbage. Yeah,
1: it was bad. Well, what happened was uh, this guy got in somehow into the home, and uh, you you can't go in there and tell him to leave, right? You have to give him an eviction notice. And that... No matter... Wait, it, he got into the home have, how? I think he got through the window. and So he just
0: got into this house yes. like it was for sale?
1: Uh, no, it wasn't for sale. Uh, He's seen that it hasn't been lived in for a while. Um, so he broke into the window. There was a couple of broken windows in there. So he broke in. Uh, the house was a mess. I mean, there was dog poop everywhere. It was bad um and i couldn't just go tell that guy to leave right i even though he doesn't own the home it's not under his name it was under my name i still couldn't get him to leave so uh, as soon as the house was transferred to me i didn't have it for two weeks because i had to go to the sheriff's office and uh file for an eviction notice and you pay them so they go out there and put paperwork on the door and whatnot and you know tell the guy hey you have this much to do what you can do and uh He left after the seven-day notice that uh, the sheriff's office gave him.
0: So was the guy really belligerent and really like, like what Um, was that like dealing with that? I
1: think he was, um, uh, you know, he was doing some drugs. Um, I wasn't sure what he was doing. I'm not going to assume. He he can do whatever he wants to, right? That's his choice. Um, But I just flat out told him, hey, man, I've been paying for this house. You know, this is the last day. I really need you out of here because I need to get going, right? I just, I flat out told him that. I wasn't mean to him or anything. Um, so I just ha- I had a regular conversation with him on that seventh day. I went up there and I was like, hey man, like, are you ready to leave? I'm here to change the locks and stuff. And um, he said, you know, can you give me another week? And I said, no man, I, I really can't do that. So I stood my ground and you have to sometimes. You can't be too nice. Uh, I'm the person that's really nice. Uh, if somebody was to ask me something, I'm you know, I'd tell them, okay, that's cool. Uh, just do your thing and make sure you leave um but for this instance i didn't think he was leaving so i stood my ground and said no you have to leave by today so got back up there i think six at night and uh changed the locks and he was out and uh next it's day it's so ridiculous
0: how he left it like, uh, yeah it's, uh, it's the really pictures bad. of this disgusting.
1: house uh, i don't know how somebody could live there um it was really bad i mean disgusting
0: But uh, I just want to say really quick, uh, we're going to start wrapping up. This podcast is a little longer than we usually do. But I want to say that, bro, I'm really proud of you. Um, You're a really big inspiration, especially in this community. Uh, You're doing a lot of good things, especially for your age. People say that. I mean, it is what it is, cliche as it is. But, I mean, you're a really good positive presence to surround yourself with. I love, you know, um, always seeing the posts you do real estate-wise, photography-wise, videography-wise. You know, I just... I love seeing the things you do and I love the way you think. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast on this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One, one more thing. Uh, something I learned from all this, um, f- you know, one, one of the biggest things was if you're following people or if you're hanging out with people who are not as successful as you, they will bring your level of unsuccessfulness down to their level. Um, And it kind of sucks to do that because, I mean, your best friend, you could be more successful than your best friend. And you have to get to a point to where, hey, like to yourself, you say, hey, I need to start doing my thing. I need to hang out with people who will make me improve. And that's hard for people to do. Right. I mean, you can't just go to your best friend and be like, hey, I'm not going to I'm going to stop hanging out with you. Um, So it's something that you really have to incorporate in your Daily life, and that's what I've been trying to do, and it's really helped me. Um, Another thing, I really was told this by uh, one of my mentors um, at our office, and he told me this the other day. He said he's very rich, and you know, I was confused. I was like, What? You know, this guy never talks about money like that, and it's crazy what our mind thinks of. As soon as we hear rich, we think of money, right? He then says, Not money-wise, because I gave him a weird expression as soon as he said that. He said, no, don't think money-wise. I'm just very rich with all these people around me and uh, my friends and family. I'm just rich because of them, you know, just happiness. And I thought that was a pretty good quote that he told me there, Um, because that's just how we think. As soon as we hear rich, we think of money, right? Yeah, I mean...
0: I mean that's God, what I, that's crazy. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to focus on in my life too. If you're the smartest person in the room, or if you're the best at what you do in the room, like if you're the best chef, the best photographer, whatever it is, if you're the best in the room, you need to find a new room, you know? I love being the underdog when I believe in myself. I love being the worst in the room, right? Because guess what? These people, I mean, even if they take you for granted, uh, if they're close to you, you know, uh, they're important to you, they're in a circle, they're your mentors, they're not going to take you for granted. But especially if people take you for granted, they'll sleep on you. And what ends up happening is you get better and better and better, faster than they do. And guess what's going to happen? All of a sudden, you're going to be better than they are. And they're going to be wondering how the hell it happened. And then you move on to the next room. Um, do whatever you need to do. And, uh, I think that's it for today's podcast. Uh,
1: cool. Hey, thanks man for having me.
0: Of course. This has been a great podcast. Yes, it's been, yes. it's been a long time in the making. And, uh, what'd you think? I think it was good. I think uh, it's good too. Maybe we'll need a part two before I leave. I know. Right. I have to do like a life update in the next one. Cause I'm going to Hawaii and <laughs> not North Carolina. And that one's a whole podcast episode on itself. But, uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. I'll dude,
1: be down to do a part two.
0: Thanks for joining this podcast. Yeah, and, uh, you thank you. Uh, I appreciate you for listening and I hope you got some value from this Uh, comment, your favorite part. I know it's way longer than I'm used to way longer than you're used to, but Hey, you know, sometimes it is like that. You step out of your comfort zone and uh, you do what you need to do. I think there's a lot of valuable information. There's a lot of good things to talk about in this podcast. And if you're listening up to this point, I just want to say one, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for everything. And two, um, you know, I look forward to having you listen to the, in the future and, I would love any constructive criticism, positive, negative feedback that you have. You know, hit me up in the social media um, on Instagram. I'm not your average GI Joe. Uh, you know, hit me up, uh, or you know, leave leave something in Anchor specifically, or wherever you're listening from. I'm sure you can add something. Uh, what's your social media, Tony? What What's your IG?
1: My Instagram username is Tony Odat underscore.
0: So that's T-O-N-Y-O-D-E-H underscore what? That's it. That's it? Okay. And yeah, so give him a follow. And thank you so much. That's it for this podcast. Goodbye. Get your cup of Joe ready. We have a lot to talk about.